0: Good evening, and welcome to the Lost Lake Farmer podcast. This evening, I would like to come back to the topic of cow breeds with my part two, which will be where I discuss the bull breeds that I use, and therefore the, the, the breeds that I'm breeding to the cows mentioned in episode one, or part one, where I was talking about the various sources of, of, of cattle genetics, cows, cows or heifers that we have purchased over the years. So uh, to start out with, I was really enamored with the Normandy breed, and uh, since we were not able to afford, or at least not willing, to travel out, st- out of state and get high-cost uh, purebred Normandy cows to start with, Uh, my initial goal in cattle breeding was to eventually get to a full-blood Normandy by breeding to Normandy generation after generation and eventually having such a high percentage that essentially they're nothing but Normandy. Um, however, uh, I got, well, it happened to be the A family, Astrid's family, that, uh, so Astrid was Brown-Swiss with a 16th Murray-Brown, and so then, um, just the, by happenstance, we had a lot of, or multiple generations with with female daughters. So we so Astrid had her first daughter was Anya, who was uh, half Normandy, and we still have. And is an excellent cow. She has had some fertility issues, and in this past year, she's had some foot problems but she is let's see she's she'll be ten years old this spring so she's not not a young cow anymore but all in all she's still doing doing pretty well um and then she had a daughter Antoinette who would have been three quarters Normandy and Antoinette was just really Well, she had some health issues and some calving issues and, and she never really produced very much milk, but I also, you know, right from, well, not when she was a calf, she was a very beautiful calf, but as when she was a, a heifer, she was really big. Anya is very big, but she looks like a dairy cow. She has a dairy build. She's tall, and she's very long. She actually has trouble fitting into our parlor. She's the longest cow we have. And She also is always in excellent condition. I have never seen her skinny. Antoinette hard to describe. She she didn't, she wasn't thick like a beef cow, but she wasn't shapely or bony like a typical dairy cow. She was almost shaped like a dairy steer, where she was like just really tall and long and kind of narrow in all ways. She was, she had plenty of meat to her, but she wasn't beefy and wide. And she never developed much of an Um We did that also have then uh, one daughter from her, Ariana, who actually wasn't too bad. Um, she she never she never produced great for us. Uh, she actually got sold to the. Michigan farm that I've talked about before that we sold some animals to. Um, and I, I think she's producing okay for them. So she would be 7 eight Normandy. And interestingly, the polled trait followed through all those generations. So Ariana is also pulled. And I don't think Ariana has had any daughters yet. I think she had, so she had one bull calf, she was with us, and then I think she had a bull calf last summer in Michigan. Uh, but at any rate, that that whole family line just made me question. At first, it made me question the Normandy breed. But then it also made me. I can't remember. There were some other. I don't want to get into all the details of every single animal we've ever had, but we've had some other. With crossbreeding, um, you just so the the initial F one hybrid. Which is where you're crossing two. Well, to be a true hybrid, it should be. In animal breeding, we call it when you when you're breeding two the crossbred. When you're breeding two different breeds, uh, uh, to really be a hybrid with true hybrid vigor, you want to get the most hybrid advantage out of the, hy- the hybridization. You want inbred, actual inbred parents, so you want them to, and the, the reason for that is that they will have a lot of, I'm forgetting the, the name of the term, but where they have um, the same copy of, of a gene, two, two copies of the same version of a gene. Homozygosity, I believe, is, is the term. They have a high level of homozygosity, um, and so what that means is then you can predict if you have two different breeds that 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 then if they both breed true to that homozygous trait, then you cross them, then you then they will always have the same vari- variation. But anytime you have hetero- heterozygosity, where you have in the same breeding animal you have um two alleles of the different the, the one gene um then depending how you know every gene expresses in a different way but um essentially you can have multiple expressions and you get more more variables and and thereby more genetic variability So I kind of switched my thinking to maybe we want to sort of go for having a lot of variability, having, uh, spreading, having variety, just kind of the same way that we, we, our strategy in the pastures where we want to have not pure stands of of one kind of grass or one kind of legume we want to have multiple grasses and multiple legumes and and uh, other herbs and um, even a few shrubs or 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 traditionally what would be we called weeds or things like that so because they all have Different effects on the soil and the soil microbiome, and and so forth. So um, that could be a rabbit hole. I'll try and keep myself away from that one uh, for for this for this topic because that is not the topic. So kind of the same idea that um, sort of spreading the net wide initially getting lots of variety in my cattle genetics. So getting lots of breeds and crossing them in lots of different ways was sort of the idea. So that's why we have so many different, part of why we have so many different breeds that we've tried. Um, And um, so, I guess to simplify it. Right now, my current strategy is for the I, I guess what you will call you could call the the F ones of my traditional tr- traditional cross the Brown Swiss Normandy crossbred. Um, I will move uh, instead of crossing. Breeding to either one of those breeds again, which seemed to be in that third generation where we were getting the most the most variability, because most of those Brown Swiss Normandy seemed to be really good. I guess the only exception to that would have been Hilaria, who was a good cow, but had some major health issues. And it's hard to say whether that was genetic or not. Um, she was Ingrid's daughter, who also had some health issues earlier on. Uh, her sister Inga um, has also had some health issues. Uh, mostly pneumonia in Inga's case. Inga has otherwise, she's standing right in front of me with a milker on right now. She has otherwise been a really good cow. No calving issues that I can recall at the moment. She's a moderate milker. Um, and her fertility has been really good. Her milk quality has been really good. Never had, well, she had mastitis once but i'm going to call that because of that was when she was oh not quite but almost near death because of really bad pneumonia and so her system was just breaking down and and i was um well i just she ended up getting dried off to, to, Let her focus on recovery, and it's been a a long process. And she's much, much healthier now. Although she does still have sort of a lingering dry cough, which I wonder is just sort of a lifelong thing. Now she has some kind of scar tissue or something like that. I I doubt she has an infection. Um, so it, it could be that there are some health. Weaknesses in the I I family line, and um, okay, so so those ones I'm breeding now to Jersey. So so the that next generation would be half Jersey quarter. Well, specifically New Zealand Jersey would be half Jersey, one quarter Brown Swiss, one quarter Normandy. And the idea is to, to keep it a three-way cross. So each generation would move to the next one. So, um, so that F2 that was half Jersey would then get bred to Brown Swiss. And then that that animal at breeding age would then get bred to Normandy again. And then the next generation to Jersey and so on down the line. Um, so I have stayed pretty consistent with that. And then I have also been doing that with, with the, the G family, which is sort of a, a weird outlier of the just because uh gunhild was such a well not a weird cross well she was gunhild is already a three-way cross and and so so then we bred gunhild to Normandy every time and So we have we've had two Normandy daughters from Gunhild, Gerhild, and Gaia. Gerhild has been one of our best cows. She's still in the herd, still milking. She's had some fertility issues, but other than that, her production is staying strong. I guess this last lactation, she's had some high somatic cell, some some spikes but no not real uh not no clinical mastitis and um in Gaia has um who's actually a full sister of garhilde the share the sire uh royal royal hall who was the the bull I used for the first, I think, two, maybe even three years on all the cows until, until I started having, uh, daughters, daughters of Royal Hall. But I think I still had some left and did, cause Gaia would be a little bit younger, so I, I think I still had some left and was breeding some of the older cows still to that, to Royal Hall again. Um, but at any rate so full sisters and gaia has now had two lactations and she excellent excellent health excellent fertility just horrid production and so you know so she calves in September, early September this year, and she, her production was so low, and the little bit of production she was having was so, such high somatic cell count, which is, when the production is that low, the odds are good, because just everything gets more concentrated. Um, So, she, she's still here, but she's in the, the dry cow group, and she's, she will be headed for slaughter sometime this spring or summer. And she will make good meat because she's she's a she's a chunky meaty meaty cow. She looks color-wise, she looks similar to Gerhild, but she is she's lower and stockier than, Ger, than Gerhild is. One of those reasons that I questioned the the small size, efficiency, um, all roundness being being good. I, I mean, I'm summarizing sort of um, some of the things I was talking about in the, the visual assessment of cows episode. Um, so, yeah, so I've had those two. We have, uh, she has a third daughter that is Also half Normandy, uh, Gamila, from a different sire, Infinity, I think. Uh, And so she will, but she's, uh, hopefully she's pregnant. I haven't pregnant her yet. Uh, So she'll have her first calf next year. Well, 2022, uh, sometime in the second half of the year. I don't know exactly. Um... So I guess she'll be the tiebreaker on, on what Gunnhild's genetics really are like. Um, so, so I guess the only one at this point that I'm, that I'm, I'm keeping, keeping animals from anymore that of the G's well. I'm simplifying here but and so basically now Gerhild's Gerhild is all is getting bread to Jersey. And the first of those crosses, uh Guzel Keys, will from Gerhild will, will will is also in the bread bread heifer group, so we'll be having a calf next summer. And let's see here, so that is, yeah, so breeding breeding those half Normandy crosses in general to New Zealand, Jersey. Uh, Then the Frisians, the New Zealand Frisians, uh, I bred to New Zealand Jersey as well, and then the, the those crosses I breed to Kiwi Cross, which is essentially essentially a Parisian Jersey cross, but they are supposedly are like their own breed they've been bred in that cross long enough that they will breed through so they're not not just a crossbred and just a second here I'll let this group of cows out thank you ladies okay thanks alime Thank you, Oslo. And I didn't talk about Halime, so she's, um, there was a, another source of brown twist that we had, um, and so, and they came from another farm, Scott Wiedemeyer, and I don't need to go into the, all the complexities of how we ended up with those, but we ended up with, um, with Helen, who was a Brown Swiss, uh, and uh, Brownstein, who was a Brown Swiss Holstein fast. Brownstein is still here. She's currently open. I'm um, undecided on whether to breed her or not. She has been my best up until this, up until 2021, She was my best cow in pretty much every way. Uh, but she. And she's another one where I'm just not sure with those two way crossbreds which way to go because she's, I, well, so I had one Normandy cross daughter from her, Fiorella, who was kind of a similar story. Well, she was beautiful, but she just was not a producer and she was crazy. Um, and she now has her second daughter, uh, Faria. Who will get bred starting starting in June? Uh, Faria is crossed with um, <laughs> Kiwi cross, and she's all black, and she looks like a dairy cow. So I have high hopes for Faria, but I guess I guess we'll see. Um, and um, Helen. Had was bred to Brown-Swiss. Helen is no longer with us. She had high somatic cell count, so she was extremely productive. Had uh, Gertrude, who I crossed to uh, Jersey. Uh, Gertrude is also no longer with us. Um, But Halime, we just let go, is here. So she's a Brown-Swiss, Jersey cross. She's beautiful. Uh, she's in her first lactation. So far, she looks promising. Um, I guess we'll see. So she would be, then, I would, I would, I've bred her this year to Normandy. So to go on that same three-way cross, just, she kind of started in a different order. because as one of, one of my experiments, and another experiment I've done is I've bred a few to, uh, Norwegian red. So, uh, so we have two of those we've had, and we've had all bull calves from that in the past, um, I think two from Gunhild. uh, but, uh, Gerhild's 2021 calf was, uh, Gran, who is now, was born in on March 1st. And is that's what she is named after my father-in-law Rand, and so it's G capital R, A-N-D, and D um, An exception to our naming rule, um, and she's a beautiful-looking heifer. I guess we'll see. She will get bred next summer, um, and then the second one that we have is um, Ghazleri, who is. Gunhild's great-granddaughter or Gerhild's granddaughter so it was Gunhild Gerhild Gina who was three-quarters Normandy because Larry who was half who well is she's still here she's in her first lactation who is half Huey Cross um, she's A very nice cow i guess we'll see because right now gab is is drinking all of her milk uh so i don't really know what she's actually producing um so but she she looks good i think she's open though not ideal but she's not she's uh maybe well i think she calved in august so she's maybe four months 831 there we go does Larry 831? So she's three and a half months. Is that? Wait, no, four, four and a half months. Okay, well, not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. Um, so hopefully we get her bred before the end of January. I have one more chance. Uh, so Geb is half Norwegian red. Just kind of an interesting experiment. Then, um, I still had several um, examples of of the of from when I was breeding all, all, all to pretty much everybody to, to, to Normandy, and so I was think I was kind of going back to that idea, but I wanted to kind of do it on a few lines to experiment. So every, all the heifers that were three or everybody that was three quarters Normandy or more was getting bred to Normandy. So we have Galatea who is a year daughter uh, in her second lactation has been doing really well. So she has been a three quarters Normandy that's done well. Um, so she's a keeper in her second lactation and still doing well. Uh, she has a she had a bull calf this year that would be 7 8 Normandy that is being kept intact. That will be sold to friends who are looking for Normandy genetics out in Nebraska as their breeding bull. And um, then we have, we have a couple other heifers that, well, Galatea is bred again to Normandy, Have a couple other three quarters Peppers. So Karima, who is from Koo, who passed, who passed away this summer. Uh, so she's three quarters. And then there was, I feel like there was one other one. Oh, Key. So from Dagny, the original four that we started with, Dagny was the Holstein Jersey Cross. She then had a Normandy Cross daughter, Dauphine. Uh, Dauphine was with us for a while, was, didn't make the cut and we had to let go of her, but she did have one daughter, Delicese. Delicese is the sole remaining member of the D family. She, so she would be three quarters Normandy. She's been bred to Normandy. She's beautiful. I really hope she does well just for sentimental reasons. So, so I'm kind of going have that line um and you know i will stop any of these experiments as soon as you know one of the, as soon as it, it seems like okay this is just not going to go well none of these are turning out oh, well um and then i bred both of the Ayrshires the one that's half and the one uh, rhoda who's half and and briony who's all airshire I, I bred Two Ayrshire last year. Um, So Rhoda had a heifer, Rayette, who is three quarters Ayrshire now. Um, Looks promising, has, you know, she's beautiful and has some really nice features. Doesn't look like she's going to be too big um, and has good dairy type to my um, eye. Brienne has not had, she had a bull calf. That was a major cutie, but we um, let him get, we sold him. Um, But she is pregnant again, to air again. Um, So, and then um, the, I was, we had two um, first calf heifers, Astrid and Estella, that we added. To the herd last year from Gibraltar Farms again uh, as they were downsizing and um, we were just blown away by how well those two little cows did because they're really little for brown swifts and not only are they really little they have a really like dainty bony dairy type um, compared to many of the, you know, big, big bones, really creamy brown Swiss that I think of as typical brown Swiss, not necessarily the brown fee in Switzerland or Austria or, or parts of Germany, but um, so I was like, okay, maybe there's something to some of these purebreds. Um, and well, in Astrid had also been, really good. So I have been reading Astrid and Estella to Brown Swiss to get purebred Brown Swiss. And they're both actually registered. Not that I'm looking to go into selling registered stock, but um, then um, so we have uh, Estella had a heifer cap this year. So we have Esna and they've both been bred to browse this again. Um, and okay, the final thought before I close off this lengthy wordy uh episode is I am now um, reading, I'm 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 analyzing the data of all the cows performance and then and i I rerun all these data once a month when I get new new milk quality data from the lab that we take from every cow and i I then run all our daily milk waste from each cow and add that into there and add in all their um, breeding information or any treatments or all you know all the stuff relevant to their management and their health fertility production milk quality, et cetera. Um, and then I, um, rank them from first through, well, right now, 16. Um, and, um, then I decide, okay, how many heifer calves do I think we need for replacements next year? Um, so if I say, okay, I think we need six heifers, um, if I'm... Not breeding to six semen, then I know it doesn't work out that way, but the best information we have is that it will be 50% heifers. So we, so, so I say, okay, if we want six heifers, then of all the animals I'm breeding, both of the cows and heifers, I can breed 12 to dairy breeds so the ones that are within those breeds that I that I listed although I'll usually like this year I was like well six well let's round it up to seven so I did 14 so I I'll do kind of select ones from within the heifers that I really want to to get viable offspring from for their their first from their very first calf and and then from the top four or five uh, of the milking cows, but, and then everybody else gets bred to Angus. And the idea being, then their calves will get sold at a week old, whether whether they're a bull or a heifer. And I I love letting the cows keep the calves on them, but I cannot afford to keep more than what we need for replacement heifers and if we get more heifers than we need we'll keep them anyways but then i will force myself to either sell some to somebody else as replacement heifers or i will uh they will they'll turn into into beasts and so that's my breeding strategy for now, and that was already far too much detail. I would love discussion, comments, questions. Uh, send me an email to lostlakefarmllc@gmail.com, at gmail.com or send me a message on Twitter. I'm at Lost Lake or TikTok, also at Lost Lake Instagram at Lost Lake Or um, our uh, Facebook business page is Lost Lake Farm LLC. So um, thank you very much if you made it this far and have a good night.